0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.
1: You're listening to Hear Us Say with Renisha on Otago Access Radio at 105.4 FM Dunedin. Welcome to another episode of Here I Say with um, Renisha. Um, thank you for joining in today. I have the very lovely Dima, um, who we already have had on the show um, once in the very first few episodes, joining us again. Um, and today will be a little bit of reflection maybe on some of the questions that we've already went through um, and further building onto that if we have any new questions that we want to share and, you know, conversate with Dima about then we'll have those. Um, but I do want to wish you a very um happy new year. Um, we're in year 2022 and I hope um this new year brings a lot of hope, joy and love to you and also a lot of peace because um peace is really, really important to me. Um, So without further ado, we will
0: um, let Dima introduce herself. Kia Hi, Ranisha. Thank you for the intro. Uh, this is Dima and... I think everyone heard me before, or maybe you not but I am, (laughs) my name is Dima Al-Sheikh and I live in Dunedin at the moment. I'm from Iraq and a refugee from Syria. I am, my parents live in Auckland, so I have multiple homes (laughs) and I'm studying dentistry at the moment in the University of Otago. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's a really little bit about of what you have said, like you're so more than that. And, you know, you only see that once Dima is on the streets walking with you. Um, and I, I assure you, you'll be laughing the whole way. That's how Dima is and Thank how personality you. goes. Um so we'll, we'll have a couple more conversation, but I really want to jump into a um, couple of questions. So I remember last time we briefly talked about the media and the perception of media towards certain, you know, um, ethnic backgrounds that has and creates um, negative notations. I mm-hmm. remember that conversation quite clearly because it was very humbling for me to learn from you. Um, mm-hmm. So we may revisit that. We may not. Um, but I have uh, the first question from personal level, which is about mapping opinions. Um, yes. Yeah. How do you describe your values and beliefs, Dima?
0: How do I describe my values and beliefs? I think values and beliefs, for me, are based on my religion and my culture. And I think this is where most of the values in general come from. Um, We studied a little bit about values this year, and I was so surprised how much in common it was with everyone else. Um, It's just all, most of the people, their values come from religion and culture. Mm -hmm. And it's surprising me if you don't have any religion, most of the time it's based on your morals um, or on your culture. So values are really important. And I think to me, value, one of my biggest values is family. And I think this is also coming from a religion background and a culture Uh, background my oh I'm I'm Middle Eastern so most of the um families that we do I think it's very similar to what Maoris have in 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 their society or the society in general in New Zealand is that it's based on collective it's not based on individuals um you know usually pakeha have it as individuals and that can be a little bit can have advantage and disadvantage but I I prefer the collective kind of family oriented um, societies mm. and this is one of the values that I have mm. and I you know respect the other values that I care about is my friends and my community. Mm. I really care about the people around me and I want to always show my community that they have people or they have others to rely on or to you know, think about if they have any problems or if they have any issues. I I realise in New Zealand, if you have any problems, usually you keep it to yourself. You don't tell your neighbours and you don't tell your other Mm -hmm. fanos. But I really think by sharing your experiences with others, it would just be much more easier life for you. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, if you have a a health problem and your neighbour is a doctor, you just go to them instead (laughs) of lining up in the hospital for years i'm not saying um that you shouldn't you shouldn't go to the hospital (laughs) but i'm just saying it makes your life so much easier when you know people around you and when you are involved in the community yeah 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 Yeah. wow i think anything to to share about your values i think again with similarly
1: quite like that's um I think a lot of ethnic communities have those values and beliefs quite in the first few things that they think about when they talk um for me again you know my family is my first and my biggest priority um Mm -hmm. and then after my family comes my education um and for a lot of people that it will be the other way around but I've realized that if something was to go down um my first priority will be family then my education i mean again you know that notation of putting your family your community before sort of like yourself uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing a lot of the time it's you know it's looked in a very bad notation that you're you're not you know looking after yourself I'm pretty sure that I'm looking after myself and any of my family members would do the same for me as this yeah. was to happen so for me, families first and then it's my education and then it's my, um, you know, friend groups. Um, I really, really adore them. Um, And then, of course, like you said, my community follows by really, really closely. A lot of what I do and why I do is based on these four circles that I have, Um, you know. So for me, again, my values lay very, very tightly entwined with all of these subgroups that I'm associated with. Um, When it comes to... My belief system, I think most of it is guided by my religion um, I always like to say that Hinduism is not necessarily you know not necessarily a religion. it's a way of living, it's a way of being um, and you know you get up every day and you follow a, you follow a routine and you realize that's what the, the scriptures and the books were talking about. So you coordinate and you sort of like go through your day-to-day life, very closely with when it comes to Hinduism for me personally. Um, but with, with saying that, you know, my belief system also teaches me of opening up and learning from other people and um, other people's religion, other people's belief system. So that's a very integral part of my culture and my religion. So I hold that value. And my belief system quite close is, um, that openness, um, to learn and get myself educated from other people, whatever they have to offer on the table. So, um, these are a couple of things that, you know, guide my v- values and belief. And I, and I feel like if this conversation was with the mainstream population, the conversation would start off um, what they're passionate about rather than, um, you know, and I think to some point I am quite passionate about my family, but when I think of passion and when I think of family, they don't necessarily, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, time with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so my next question, I think that comes with values and belief is what, what are your passion? What are you passionate about?
0: Oh, I am passionate about everything honestly I'm, I'm pen- passionate about anything that comes new to my life I love trying new things and mm-hmm. I think that's why I didn't have any specific idea when I started like looking for career pathways in university I was so confused because I was like they're like what do you like, like everything so it was so bad um that I like want to do everything but at the same time you get to choose one thing Mm -hmm. and um at the same time I realized that passion can be anything that you put your effort into Mm -hmm. um and unless unless you hate it for example I'm I'm saying most people hate math and you try to study that that's not good but I used to love every subject in my school um, except physics (laughs) and I was like i'll do everything except physics <laughs> and i think that was a good decision is that i started doing something related to science but not physics <laughs> so, so much um i like yeah. it, not physics every single end of your sentence which is is quite interesting because <laughs> I, I was i didn't like it at all um, in high school back home or here. So I just never, it wasn't my cup of tea. And I, I think people who like physics are weird. It's just my personal opinion. If you, if you like physics, I can't be friends with you. It's just my rule of life. So, um so that's what's my, one of my passion is, 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 as I said, is I love trying new things. Yeah. And every day would be a new thing. Like I told you before, I think I've tr- I'm trying skateboard this year mm-hmm. and it's been going so good. And I'm just like, this is my thing. Yeah. But I know yeah. in, in a couple of months, I'll be like, mm, maybe something new. And, yeah. I, and then last year I tried, I don't remember, I was, it was tennis, I think. I'm trying tennis as well this year. So I've been doing a lot of stuff this year just to try them out. Also biking around Dunedin is so nice. Um, Yeah, just this is my passion at the moment. And also, so far, I'm cooking a lot and it's nice. you're cooking. I know. So I'm cooking for my flatmates because if I let them cook, they would just cook something really, really spicy. Um, they are Omanis, and they come from a very, like, like usually their community, they cook really spicy food, and yep. I cannot eat it. So I just decided to cook for them, and I never put any spicy. So I let them, let them live my way. And it's just, it's so bad, because there are nine girls against me, and I would just, like, not put any anything in it. And oh, let them, okay. you don't want to get into a fight with them you know <laughs> i i do all the time but i i, get survive, hey. <laughs> I want to survive how about you What's your passion i feel like my answer is very generic but i'm pretty sure i can come up with something specific
1: yeah, Just... yeah. You're in the mood to give a generic answer at the moment. I yeah, think. yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure in the in the first show you have said
1: something about your community and you know stuff around that. But
0: oh, that's much more deeper. I should have said that. Holiday <laughs> <laughs> oh. season. I
1: don't expect you to be deep in your thoughts. <laughs> I expect you to be having fun. And if your answers <laughs> are generic, I think biking, skating. You know, um. What else did you say? Anyway, I forgot. Biting, skating, cooking, and
0: and tennis. Yeah, tina. Tina. yeah.
1: These are these are fun stuff to be passionate about. I'm
0: passionate about? Uh, I'm not passionate about them. I'm just passionate about new, trying them.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, boss.
0: What What about you? What is? You, what are you passionate about? I you think
1: Um. I think I'm going to, I'm going to sort of like analyze the concept of passion at the moment. I think I'm quite low on passion at the moment. I am more looking to just, you know, holiday season. Um, and while I share that passion towards, um, women empowerment, um, intersectional women empowerment, I share that vision of, um, you know, a better Fijian Indian community in terms of them getting recognized, um, I also envision climate justice for our people from the land, um, back in my home country, as well as, um, islands that surround us, because they're the one who are sort of like going through the repercussion. These are the things that I'm passionate about and I've seen play out. I think, but on a, on a very societal or like just on a very generic level, I'm passionate about anything, um, that I know can be improved that I know can be worked on and I have the capacity to provide that so you know be at home if I can fix a light bulb um, I'm passionate about that I'll get up and fix it sure. and a little bit about myself um, if there's something that needs to be done with the car I'm happy to do that and I think I develop that interest so um, during holidays I get to sort of um, explore my interest um, that is not necessarily heavily you know work related or advocacy related but really day-to-day life things that you sometimes don't think about like I really like reorganizing you know our homes and um, so reorganizing the structure for how it looks. I'm quite it interests me, so I would say that what my passion will be during the holiday season. But nice. in non-holiday season my room would pretty pretty much look like a rubbish bag. You
0: should you should come over sometimes in the holiday to my new <laughs> flat. Oh true true true
1: true. I'm Are not saying I should
0: organize it. I'm just saying you should just come over for tea.
1: You know I'm not gonna sit around you know I will realize it
0: yeah um, because, yeah but I I get what you mean is on a personal level as I said it's it's, it's good to try things out in, yeah. in in everyday life yeah um on a community level I forgot to pa- like to say that I'm really passionate about women's right and yeah. um you know that anything related to, to um women women's right and I think as you said advocacy can get a bit tricky uh because I remember this year I started, you know, advocating about human rights and just in general, like women's right. Mm-hmm. And it just gets you sometimes a lot that you are educating people about things that they should know already. Yeah. Uh, and you just find yourself that you are being a tutor, an unpaid tutor in online. Um, mm-hmm. And people just ask you, what about this? And what about this? And about this? And, about this? and you're like, I-, I don't know, just Google it. Yeah. yeah. And, I remember telling you this about this last last session when we talked about advocating and educating people. It's not because just because you are passionate about something doesn't mean that you have to be a tutor about yeah. it. It's just it gets me sometimes. That's why I stopped doing advocacy online because I was like, I'll do it in my everyday life. I'll try challenge every thought um, that comes into people's like. in in people's you know when they say something I keep asking why why do you think that's why do do?" and sometimes it it gets annoying if you don't know the person but most of my friends love it and they're like please challenge us like every time we say something and you think that's not right or you think you know better just or like not know better, but you know, a different idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, just let us know. And I love it. I love having these conversations. Um, and I, I see more changes when I do these conversations than posting it online. I know posting it online will reach more views and more people will see it and talk, think about it. But I am one of the people who see other people's stories or other people's posts. And I just scroll because I don't want to see that. So Mm -hmm. usually in real life um it's better to have this conversation than online i'm 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 realizing that um social media can be um sometimes it can be useless and, and and i mean that people are already tired of social media so far they just you hear people saying i'm taking a break from social media social media is supposed to be a fun thing and people are just taking a break from it and i think because of like they listening to so much serious stuff or they're making it their own tv or mm-hmm. they're listening to their own news that they, they're just like it's not fun anymore yeah uh, yeah I think that's one of the passion that I have is yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah and I and I really like how how you sort of um talked about the things you're passionate about and also the median of how you used to and how do you like sort of um, advocate about it from now just because you know you share a passion doesn't necessarily mean you become sort of like the go-to person for all the all the you know um, questions the backlash and everything that you face and I think it's quite draining for an individual who's on the other side trying to raise issues like awareness of issues who has to be like the researcher Um, and the corrector and the um, you know mm-hmm. the um, I guess sometimes if these two people arguing on your comment section yeah. have to be the middle ground like you you are simply just trying to put your opinion out there but people have so much opinion regarding it which is fine but mm. at the end of the day, it does drain your energy out um, yeah so yeah and and you're so right I hear a lot of the time that a lot of like um well-known people in the community like community leaders they go like when festive season hits they're like I'm taking a break from social media or out of nowhere you know during the midday their account would their account would just totally be gone and then suddenly after two weeks they'll be like "Hey guys I'm back and I'm like social media is meant to be like a break away from the daily life hustle and bustle you know that's how I operate with it you know sometimes I share my achievements share it with my friends feel happy about it and that's it but a lot of the time you know because of how um how like less boundary social media has like you sort of spend a lot more time onto it drain yourself out and then had have to kind of like take a break and then
0: it becomes like a homework for you to go on I found this in, in, in university as well, is that I have a specific time to go on my t- on my phone before I sleep. And I think I've heard about it before on my Instagram or whatever, sources. Yeah. but it was more that people go on their phone before they sleep because um, they don't have time within the, the day to check on stuff. And it becomes an addiction because you do it every day before you sleep, and it becomes more and more because obviously social media is an addiction. So you become a little bit more. So an hour will become an hour and a half, and then two hours, and then it's just – it becomes like a, a daily homework, but it's it's like you have to do it. Um, and I think taking a break of it is – it's not necessarily very, like, pleasant. No. I, I still use my social media just for fun. Right. But at the same time, I'm saying the advocacy part is that when you become – a person who should post about something because you are advocate for it and you didn't post about it because, you know, you have a personal issue with it and people attack you for that. I'm just yeah. like, oh, maybe I'm just not free for that. I'm just, I didn't read about it or something like this. So I think, yeah, because social media became a homework, people are just like taking a break out of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I get what you mean is that if you are passionate about something, you shouldn't be, um, the number one is to go with it. For example, I'm just giving you an example is that I'm a dental student and mm-hmm. in the year, every day, people ask me questions about the industry and, you know, it's nice. But then in my holiday or my, you know, home time, I don't want my family to ask me these questions because it's my free time. And even if I'm passionate 100% about it, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't want to hear that at home. so i think it's the same thing for anything like if you're a doctor and you keep asking people keep asking you really weird questions within the day when you have holiday or something it has its own time it has its own you know um professional time but Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure it's the same thing for advocacy if someone is opening up the questions and discussions then do it yeah but it doesn't mean that every day it is the day you know Yeah.
1: yeah 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 And I think that's why burnout culture is becoming quite like huge in our advocacy community. And I'm so happy to see like other advocates calling it out and then, you know, also posting stuff about self-care and stuff like that and mm-hmm. making it okay to take a break of not reacting to an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really, really under- appreciate like how the understanding is increasing over there. day. But that doesn't yeah. mean, you know, that if someone gets attacked, it's going to like lessen the listen the sort of like the degree of um, you know um, I guess a tag that they feel um, I think it's still there so just being a little bit cautious of what do you say how you say and who do you say to it's it's, it's like those basic fundamental things that you need to think of before you you know start to say something okay. again to someone so yeah that's
0: you know I, I also watched a documentary it was on Netflix and it yeah. says people are much meaner online than in real life and it was so cool because they did an experience and they made someone sing on on a phone or something like this and they hear the so for example it would be um you would be like a panel of people and they hear the same voice and Mm -hmm. they get to comment on it anonymously and they comments really bad stuff about this singer because her voice was so ugly and then um out of nowhere the person showed up they're like oh the person is here you can tell them you can read your comments now and people were just like shook they didn't want to say their comments on like face to face because they were so embarrassed to say it and I'm just like it's such a good experience that you should learn that if you can't say it in real life then don't say it online Yeah. And so much people are so mean online, and they just say things because they know you can't get them. And you know, they know they its a free speech yeah. area. But if if you can't say it in real life, then don't say it. Yeah. It's yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I think uh, we have talked about this in the first one that you know, for personally, you're so right. Like if you can't say something on someone's face, don't say it behind your back. Like what's <laughs> What's 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 kind of like what's your issue like? Relax, dude. Relax, girl. <laughs> it's yeah. the end of the world. Um, yeah. you know, your command could have been said in a much more nicer way and could have been much more productive. um and I think we've talked about it a little bit as well as like how how sometimes we get backlash because one or two like initial people they make the bad comment and that's sort of like the overall theme in the comment section and that's what it you get like.
0: in trouble for some reasons. Like yeah. I'm saying, like sometimes it would be a simple picture and people make a big deal out of it. um I know if I know people in in Middle East, mm-hmm. if you say something online. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes it can get you dead. It can actually, you know, it yeah. can be that serious. And that's why I'm so careful when it comes to me commenting on this a Middle Eastern um source or anything in real like even in New Zealand. I just I I know that, that things can happen. But I don't think everyone knows that. And it's yeah. just I think you will learn it with time like, yeah. by seeing other people's yeah. stories and other people's issues. So
1: yeah. We had a case study in one of my politics classes and we were just talking about one of the cases in Saudi Arabia, I think, um, of how one of the journalists was um, potentially assassinated. It's still a very controversial controversial sort of like... uh, um type of the way that he died but it was just because a lot of people thought it was because um he was making few comments um on social media online regarding like one of the I guess the royal families and you know that was sort of like the biggest reason either one of their followers got mad or, or it was one from the royal families i'm not sure um but it was quite interesting to see and you know people get into real trouble if you come from countries and spaces where civilization is there but you know the the type or the way that the country rules is quite different to new zealand Then you do get into uh,
0: trouble. i know um i know a girl. Um, I, well, I don't know her personally, but I read about her. Uh, she is in the. She's living in Palestine, and I think her family were a pretty um, patriarch. Like you know, yeah, It's yeah, pretty, it's it's pretty, back home, pretty yeah. severe back home um, when it comes to patriarchal system, and I think she posted a picture of herself with her fiance, and back home, you know some people don't like it when girls post pictures about themselves and she got in so much trouble um just for posting a picture with her fiance because back home you're not supposed to be physical with your fiance or take pictures with them or whatever Mm -hmm. um in some culture they they find it a bit um you shouldn't do this unless you're married Mm -hmm. and she got killed and i i remember that was that was a big issues that that was a big eye-opening for people is that what you see online you shouldn't share just blindly because i i'm pretty sure the girl was private account or something and someone photoshopped it or whatever right. and gave it to someone else or they just screenshot it and gave it to someone that they shouldn't and <laughs> Yeah, I think social media, even though you see a picture, for example, of a girl or someone is doing something, you shouldn't share it or you shouldn't just do it, like show it to other people just because you think it's, it's okay. Because people go private for a reason. And um, I think social media can go really bad. Like it can actually go end your life so that's why I'm just like so careful when it comes to me posting stuff in social media now I used to be very open about anything but now I'm just like realizing how severe it can go
1: mm, mm. yeah wow I think I think we kind of have covered
0: like we've we started with one question <laughs> <laughs> question, question and I'm, I'm I was so positive about it and now we ended up with killing I don't want <laughs> to I don't want to hear this question anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because how we've technically answered
1: like two, three, like one of my inter, like inter, um, personal decks. So the cards That's from great. there, which is what's, what's pretty interesting. But um, I do want to ask you this question. Was or was an opinion that challenged you? Opinion that challenged me? Yeah, or like um, opinion, thought, or like someone in particular, an ideology.
0: Uh, I actually don't, I can't think of something at the mm-hmm. moment.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll share something personal. Um, well, me and my friend, my flatmates, will, I, as I told you, we've been having so much discussion so just, just for fun and so far they we, we we talked about the ways of even though we're all single girls in uni we just talked about parenting yeah for and like ways of parenting yeah and i have a different idea of parenting um that i talked about it's called gentle parenting and i i've been like studying about it just a lot of it, and i just think it's the I personally think it's the best way of raising kids. And my friends were like 100% against that. And I was like, yes, Oh, interesting. Talk me through it. It's just an interesting way. I've heard about it so far from friends that they raised, they were raised this way. Um, So it's, I don't know, it's just a new concept that I think it's good for a a good way of parenting. It's just... Uh, raising kids um in a way that they should know their natural con- consequence without you telling them though like mm-hmm. you just do it and you be the support person but you don't tell them what to do from a young age you just yeah. let them go through life by themselves which can be a little bit hard because sometimes um like they will be in a dangerous situation where you have to intervene, but at the same time like most of most of the parenting it should be like pretty gentle, and I was telling my friends, and my friends were like, "What? No, that's a Westernized um, ways of of parenting, and I'm pretty sure Western people don't don't necessarily follow that, don't follow that. Most of Western countries have author like authority kind of parenting. It's yeah. it's pretty similar to what I was raised as well. Yeah, um, but it's not that i think i think it's pretty different the west the west end the east kind of ways of parenting but they they share kind of similar grounds yep. and yeah and I, it was one of the challenges is that i had to um convince my friend that this is the way of living that this is how she should raise her kids and i was like you being I was like, you being you, you, your your kids will not be happy with you. They will hate you." And it's it so funny because we all like single girls living at home. And she was like, "How do you know? How do you know that my kids will hate me?" And it was just a challenge for me to convince her to go the way that I think the parenting should be. Yeah, but this is a, this is a challenge of the week that was we yeah. were having this discussion for weeks now yeah i think this is when you say challenge that was the first thing that came to mind but how about you i feel like it should be a deeper answer but no i think this is call a deep answer every answer is like correct because it's yours um, I think it's a challenge when you know that people do things differently and you just have to it. yeah <laughs> I
1: think it's, it's funny how different people's like headspace works you know compared to yours
0: yeah. um, and you I think really- you're in a group in a group of friends that you should be in a similar kind of thought but it's not it's not like this. And it's just a challenge for me now to accept that other people live differently and that you just have to accept it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a way of living.
1: yeah. yeah I think it's it's interesting um and kudos to you for having a conversation like this I heard that this is like a weekly theme that you guys have this discussion about different stuff in your flat um, oh no I just oh. I
0: just initiate a discussion out of nowhere and they love it <laughs> they say something and I'm like okay because you said this let's talk about that and it's just funny um my friends told me to start it and it's just it's just cool yeah it's better than starting it with strangers strangers will hate you for doing this they will think that you're putting your nose in everyone's business but I think because I'm doing it with friends it's just nice and my friends are international so I've told you before they're international friends and they can't go back home because of lockdown so they're feeling pretty bored and they're feeling pretty homesick yeah just love to make it homey by arguing with them
1: (laughs) yeah Your definition of home is definitely interesting. I know. It's
0: just, I I know they missed the spot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know that I miss arguing, like, when I'm in Dunedin, after a while, I'd want dad to ground me for no reason. Like, I just, (laughs) uh, (laughs) just just tell me that I'm useless and that can, like, make me keep me motivated to do well in university. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's how bad I am um but but yeah I think that if one opinion that um challenges me it's a very good question because I think I've answered this a couple of times in the show um but everything to some point it's new because there's different challenges um that you come across in your life over the time but one yeah. thing that definitely challenges me um is not necessarily something you can clearly see but there's this level of um, tokenism when it comes to putting youth voice on, um, on the table. So, you know, for, for sometimes it's just like that number, the number that needs to be represented. So if two young people um, needs to be on the board, then they, get the two people but they don't necessarily take count of what the two people two young people have to say about the matters of like the stuff that a council does or like a committee does so this this level of tokenistic um value that you know if number if someone needs to be put they put them on the board but don't necessarily take count of their feelings of what they're putting on the table um and a lot of that this has been happening with making the voting age 16 for our um Mm-hmm. You know our um, younger generation and again a lot of it is coming from the notation that older people are making that decision for us um, and I think to some point it, ne- it needs to reflect younger people sitting on the board and making the decision because younger people will be closer to the age group of you know 16 years old compared to um, you know someone who's Forty or fifty years old, like I don't, I don't necessarily think you should be making the decision. Um, yeah. and I understand you have so much experience, but you're not young, and you shouldn't be not in- living
0: at this time at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know a lot of a lot of um old people say, when I was in your age, I wouldn't do that. I'm like, but you live in a different yeah time. yeah 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 in a different era. So yeah. I think this is what um back. We, we have the same conversation back home is that um sometimes you see older generation like your grandparents or you know whatever they they tell your parents off mm. for do like for letting you do something like i remember um, i i heard like one of my friends grandfather told her dad um is that when I was in your age, I would not let my kid go on something like on TV for ages or something like this. Mm. And she's like, but like social media is a part of my kid's life. Now it's, it's, it's a part of learning. It's education. Their school is online. So you can't really compare. And I don't think grandparents understand what social media is. And they don't, under, they just hear, hear is it's bad. Um, mm. You shouldn't do it. And they hear it as like TV's bad. You shouldn't do it. So I think, yeah as you said like you all sh- the people shouldn't make all the decisions for younger people that's just my opinion but yeah i think it's a, it's a cool idea what you said
1: yeah
0: um and yeah so you know
1: like i was saying that's one thing that has always challenged me but like for me that challenge is very sensitive because i do appreciate and respect what
0: well, the- the yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, I I do. I, know, I know that without them we wouldn't be here. Um I think without the their experiences and their wisdom we mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to survive. Yeah. But I think it's also it can it's it's a gray area that's kind yeah. of like, Yeah,
1: oops. a gray area that always challenges me is like where do you draw the line? Where do you say that you shouldn't be speaking for but at the same time saying I definitely open your opinion like appreciate your opinion because that sort of helps us navigate our way around that space mm. Mm. Um, you know because at the end of the they like councils are not easy to understand you know with the multi-ethnic council that i'm part of it took me a while it took the president to like sort of like have a one-to-one session with me to guide me around like how things how the constitution and stuff like that work um so i've done it without like our like middle age and older generation peeps but that doesn't mean that i don't have important things to say on about like different portfolios that we have i mean how we can make it better um So, like, where and how to draw the boundaries, especially with this voting age, lowering the voting age to 16, has been, like, a very interesting conversation, and see the people behind this has also been quite interesting, because it's mostly Mm -hmm. um, not young people at the moment, or I'd Mm -hmm. say not enough young people at the moment who should be sitting at the table and making that data and saying where the median opinion lies, because I think it also skews the data towards one side you know you have very very passionate activists who want to lower the voting age to 16 who are on the other side like making themselves seen so that their voices get heard but on the other side a young person may not also like necessarily reflect the idea of lowering the voting age to 16
0: Mm. Um,
1: but their voices don't get represented because out of Mm. nowhere not like someone will go and get a young person randomly they would get from the one who's visible right um sure. and also kind of like skews the opinion like of the general population so the space kind of needs to be led by young people who have different and diverse opinion um to ultimately mm. ensure that whatever decision regarding lowering the um you know voting age to 16 it's it's not like biased or partial but rather of yeah. like a trend that's medianly spread amongst the generational like um Mm. people so that sort of was like one thing that challenges me I don't necessarily know how to navigate my way around without like to some point insulting our older generation I think yeah yeah it's always it's always on the edge yeah yeah I always feel like like I am on like a ticking clock if I say something you know because there's so much I I don't want to lose in terms of the relationship so yeah Mm. Um, but yeah that's
0: It sounds pretty similar to what I said. It's like um, me bringing an idea, for example, in a personal level, it's pretty similar to me challenging the, um, because I, as I said, I'm Middle Eastern and me bringing a new idea to the Middle Eastern community will always be challenged as Westernized. And something good doesn't mean that it's Westernized. And I hate that um, Westernized is that because they think something new and something you know yeah foreign is westernism like yeah. no it should it should be you should really challenge your thoughts where is this coming from mm-hmm. why do you think it's westernized why do you think we shouldn't follow it um yeah there's so many things that i say in in general it's not necessarily westernized it's just the way it should work mm-hmm. to for my opinion and uh, um and usually people who follow the um who are Muslims they should follow this and they know but because they were I they were like colonized by western countries back home you right yeah yep yep, yep. <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> yeah I, I yeah I, as I told you like you need to challenge every idea where it's coming from and just because something is new that doesn't mean it's westernized yeah yep
1: no definitely and i agree with that okay should we move to the last question we have about yes, last 10 minutes running on the show before um yes,
0: did
1: Yeah, yep yep okay so the question i have for you is if you could change one thing in your community um what would it be
0: oh i just told it i just answered the question <laughs> i knew the answer um <laughs> is just as I told you is that challenging every idea where it comes from I I heard in um a video this week that says um yeah people in the Middle East because they were colonized by yeah. you know Britain and then American and all of that and also the French their ideas has changed and their I um their values changed and Mm -hmm. i think when a colonizer comes in and now we see it in new zealand as well they always start with the roots they start with where people are strongest and i know most people back home are strongest in religion and they start to tackle this and they start to initiate putting ideas within the religion that makes people divide and now you see the result now you see the effect now by people blindly following western concepts in, yeah. um, in, 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 in a religion that it shouldn't yeah. um for example like i see lots of um muslims back home they follow more westernized idea than people in new zealand because people in new zealand or muslims in new zealand yeah. understand the true religion they um, they study the true religion without the effect of colonization because yeah. they weren't brought in in a, in, a, in a society that was you know colonized yeah. And it was so cool, it was so eye opening that video because I now understand why people who live in New Zealand are much the Muslim in New Zealand are much more knowledgeable, is the people I met so far more yeah. knowledgeable about the religion than the the people back home even though we are a muslim country that doesn't mean that we are a representative of islam and i think that's what you see as well in media is that people putting afghanistan and putting people in uh, saudi arabia as a representation of islam and it shouldn't i i honest, i personally think people who are here who are muslim they are representing islam much more better than than many people and leaders in back home because leaders back home are put by colonized system yeah. and it's, it's it's so interesting and eye-opening at the moment is that i i always i always thought that back home is how we should live as muslims but now i realize how colonized it is <laughs> you know like because uh, for example i read something about my religion and then i say wow that's pretty why we don't follow this back home and my yeah. parents will be like colonization (laughs) and it just makes the answer I thought always that was because that's what my parents knew like um it's just an answer that they say to us but now Mm -hmm. growing up and learning about colonization especially New Zealand colonization Mm -hmm. is that makes me so knowledgeable about my history is that colonization can actually still have effects after ages and ages and ages you can still see the effect even though maybe it's not stated now that New Zealand is colonized but Mm. It, it, it still had that effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And um, to some point, I think that's reflected with, like, the, the study that I'm doing, you know, at university. A lot of it's, like, looking at public policies. A lot of it's looking at government structures. And New Zealand is still pretty much colonised when it comes to government oh, yeah. structures. Yeah. You look at the hierarchy system, you know, the majority vote system. Minorities don't have necessarily a space there, you know. A lot of it would yeah. come with lobbying and activism. Um, so like I, and I think I had this conversation with Sarah, um, and she was on the show, like not a while ago, um, she was a med student in India and she mentioned that, while the concept of post-colonization is becoming more like popular among you know us saying that colonization has already happened now we're living with the repercussions of it you know Mm. i think at some point colonization still exists within our system Um, and it's still pretty much real because if it wasn't if we were living in post-colonization our communities our marginalized communities wouldn't have these bias wouldn't have Mm. you know certain um certain hiccups in the system where they're not well represented you know so Mm -hmm. I I feel like I did quite a bit of reflection after Sarah's um and I think she was right like some of our systems are still very much colonized you know if you look at the majority vote system in the parliament majority vote wins what if the minority communities are voting for different parties what about their voices
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah true Terms. Yeah
1: a lot of the leg- leg- legislation that gets passed like they have a rate like mm-hmm. if this bill is going to go into the parliament it needs to have certain amount of vo- um, votes you know mm-hmm. and if you if you know that 50% or something around that number is what the ethnic communities and the diverse communities make up of New Zealand's population so that means even if we all come together collectively and vote together we still mm-hmm. won't make the
0: majority vote to get a bill passed yeah yeah it's so interesting and yeah. so fascinating at the same time
1: yeah so again you know and that is why we and like we put so much emphasis on bringing maori um you know maori kopapa into this space like bringing maori frameworks into this yeah. space because those are holistic and they cater for like individual stories individual you know stuff like community stuff not necessarily mm-hmm. like a whole society but mm-hmm. like how how do you bring a person's individual's well-being and combine it with the family and the community that they have and how do yeah. you support that so that is why i think a lot of people relate to um kopapa maori and the work that they are doing um and that is why we sort of like as I think that's as, as,
0: as, as ethnic people living as yeah. immigrant I see myself all the time lining with Maoris all the time because I, I, we share similar history, even though their history is pretty recent. Yeah. My is pretty old. I, I, I get it. We, we have the similar ideas and I, I, even if if the idea that they're sharing is wrong, I'm like, it's valid. I like it. Yeah. Hey it. yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's good to empower um, yeah. the people of the land and, yeah. I think it's our obligation. It's part of the treaty. Um it's and it's part we, of the treaty too, yeah. If we, if we look at the
1: treaty articles, the three oh three Waitangi, not the treaty of Waitangi, because that's two different translations yeah. there. And that again yeah. highlights the colonization.
0: <laughs> yeah, i studied that and I was I didn't even know because um to be honest, I will share this um here because when we first came to New Zealand as refugees in the refugee um camp they didn't teach us that there was two part of the the treaty they just said the treaty of and I remember I was like oh okay, interesting I, I didn't even know English at the time even if they taught us both of them I wouldn't know but I remember that so I was like oh interesting and then I went through it and digged through it and I was like interesting to know um, even in, in uni now we study about it but at the time, as a person who's, who has no idea about the country or anything, they yeah. didn't tell us it's a colonised state, by the way. They didn't tell us anything. They, re- I remember they said, I was like, what language? I remember that was that qu- the first question we asked before we arrived to New Zealand. I asked what language do the people of the like the, the country speak? And they're like, English. And I was like, oh, interesting. And they're like, oh, there's sign language and other like minor. You don't have to worry about it. And I was like, okay. And then it came to New Zealand. I was like, wow, Maori is the second no it's the first language in english it is um now i i try my best to learn even like the maori week i was in the dental school trying to learn about just words that you can say to maori patients and you can you know use it in everyday yeah yeah. if you, if you see maori patients or any anyone and yeah and yeah yeah, it's, yeah, I, yeah
1: i think it's our it's our obligation like i was saying you know as um um Tangata treaty to honor Tangata yeah. Fena, um, and ensure that whatever we do we are doing our best to support them because it's their land um and they've been inviting enough to let us be on here yeah. uh, and the generations before us so um we wouldn't want to not be grateful and let them lose their culture and the essence of yeah very very important we keep the support going and i think that would also sum up what i would want to change in the community in my community is the understanding of te reo te reo maori and how some of our people um you know don't necessarily um put maori along the positive sides of their um, opinions you know a lot of it comes with gang violence um
0: you know Mm. as how do we remove that from our community this is this is racism this is Yeah, I we, we learned about it as well. And it's yeah. so interesting. I didn't even know there was types of racism. And uh, one of them is the internalized one. And it's, it's, it's the one that it's so sad is that the Maori themselves start believing that they are bad. And they just... Yeah not not doing well and it's just part of the systems that make them believe that they sh- it's so bad it's I think media is also a big part of it as well you know yeah, yeah I think media
1: has always been a part um and wherever they get yeah. clouds they will go um so yeah and, I, and that's why you know my media is quite selective in terms of what and who I listen a lot of it would be going and doing my own research before I trust anything so yeah that's me doing my bit um, but that's the end of our show. Um, oh, you know, we have went over time a little bit. Um, but thank you so much, Dima, for joining in today. It's always quite you. reflective and very connective to talk to you because I think we share a lot of stuff. Um, while we both very different, come from very different backgrounds, we share quite a few sentiments. Um, and it's always, like, humbling and also reflective
0: to have you on board. And Thank you so much day. for that. Thank um, you really Appreciate it um awesome. and i'm actually glad to start my day with these conversations now like I have a goal for the day.
1: <laughs> thank you. I am happy to provide you with that, but well, thank you so much for being here. Um, just to close off, team, thank you so much for tuning in and having a listen to our um, conversation regarding some topics. We didn't really stick by the um, you know, the mosaic cards today. It was just open and flowing conversation, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, but I do wish you a very, very happy new year and I hope that this new year brings a lot of love, joy, happiness, and peace to you. Like I've said all ready um and if there's anything um get connected to your community um stay safe have fun um relax and rejuvenate before you're back into another year from running around like a headless chicken like i will be <laughs> um but have fun um stay safe and till we meet next time You were listening to Hear Us Say with Renisha at Otago Access Radio at 105.4 FM Dunedin.